Hey, I'm Allie. And I'm Abdullah. And you are listening to another episode of Talking Tank. Yeah, that's right. We are a real-life couple, and on this show, we review some of the products that we see on our favorite show, Shark Tank, to find out if they're really worth a deal. Yeah, so come and take a listen and go on this ride with us to find out if these products are up to snuff. And if you are a fellow tank head, you are in the right place, ladies and germs. Yeah, that is right. We have got an item today that was just knocking everybody's socks off when it first popped up on Shark Tank. And I'm talking, of course, about Super Cubes. Allie, what are they? Super Cubes are trays for your freezer that are individually portioned for single servings of soup. Yeah, that's right. Soup, chili, rice porridge, whatever you want, you can put it in a super cube. So yeah, let's test these joints out. Let's see what all the fuss is about. So today we are talking about Super Cubes. Abdullah, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so this pitch is from season 12, episode 14. This is one of those products that you know every shark is going to be on top of. Not only is it a clever idea that solves a very common and relatable problem, but they also have sales. They're at the right stage. They're not too early, not too late. And they're seeking mentorship. As they mentioned in this pitch, they're there to get a shark to take their business to the next level. So you know this one's going to be interesting kind of right off the bat, right? Our entrepreneurs are Jake and Michelle from Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. We don't know where in Los Angeles. Not sure if they're a couple. Not sure if they're a couple. Yeah, that was unclear. They seem like a couple, though. Yeah, and so what the product is, is it is a... uh, it's, it looks like a, an ice cube tray with big ice cube holders, but it's not for ice, it's for soup. The yeah. idea being that when you make soup, if you want to defrost just one serving at a time, it becomes hard because usually you freeze it in a big Tupperware. And um, I will say, part of why we chose to do this product today is because it's it's the end of the year, It's there's a little chill in the air. Mm-hmm. It's what I like to call in this household... Soup season. Soup season. It's soup season. I have soup on the stove that I made tonight. And to be honest, it's a great thing to have in the freezer. So I look forward to trying these. And actually, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we actually, I don't know if you remember, had this product before this podcast because during the pandemic, my mother, fellow tank head, That's right. bought super cubes for us after seeing this episode and sent them to us. Yeah, shout out Wanda for getting us these super cubes. Mm-hmm. I feel like she saw the episode and without even asking us, knew that we would want to try this product out. Yep. Uh, and surely enough, when we saw this episode, we were both like, that's a good idea. We should totally get that because truly this is an annoying thing. When you put soup all in one thing and it's frozen and then you only need a little bit, so you have to defrost it. I experience this a lot because I use broth base to make like Thai noodle soup or cow thumb I mean, or something. Joel and I are both broth heads too. Yes, yeah, we, we definitely have, to have a bag of veggie scraps in the freezer, make a broth later. It's a party. Yeah, and actually, speaking of soup, I want to shout out something that I learned from you, which is to keep vegetable peelings. Mm-hmm. So like the peels of like carrots or whatever, onions, garlic, yeah. mushroom stems. Yeah, yeah, like the end of a, an onion that you're not going to use, the mushroom stem which you're not going to use. Throw it all into one freezer bag, and then whenever you want, you can scoop out 
whatever pieces you need and make a broth. If you have a more broth and you're gonna use it once, put it in a super cube. Put it in a super cube and then you can pop out the serving that you need whenever. Exactly. So I would like to talk to you about the demo. Yep. Uh, so do you think this guy is a professional actor? It's funny, I wanted to talk about this too. Okay. <laughs> There's a thing that happens in Shark Tank a lot where they the demos are more often than not filled with like terrible over actors. Yeah. They try to get someone to come on to be like, oh my God, I don't know how I can freeze my soup in this huge container. Yeah. And I think it's, it's too like, it's silly. It feels like an infomercial, right? It feels like late night, like, oh, but wait, there's more. And I think that there is a category of Shark Tank products that are very, oh wait, there's more. Uh, and this is definitely not necessarily one of them, but the way the demo went on this one, I also like really closely watched this guy. You know, I feel like as soon as you've done even a little bit of work as an actor, which obviously you've done a lot of that type of work, I've just done a little, but once you get a sense for how the sausage is made, you're watching this guy and imagining the motivations that he's giving himself, you know what I mean? <laughs> And one person that I noticed was very, very caught up in this performance was Barbara Corcoran, right? And literally, she's like, nobody likes to use a Ziploc bag to store their soup. It's a mess. And the guy is sticking a Ziploc freezer bag into the pot. First of all, nobody, nobody does that. Do that and Barbara audibly goes, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> right? Which I thought was was quite uh, endearing. Barbara's always one for kind of an odd commentary. Yeah. That's what she's good for. Yeah. Yeah. And she also, at some point, you know, in the demo, when it's like when he does the right thing and puts it in the super coup, she goes, wow, that's really cool. She is <laughs> yeah. like totally caught up in this performance. I also wanted to note that, um, okay, so it's called a super cube, which is obviously a, a play on words because they're super awesome you know mm -hmm. and, but also they're spelled s-a-u-p-e-r super because they're for soup cool look i like puns great but like i think as someone who likes puns this is a mid-level pun i agree uh however mark cuban treats it like it's the best play on words he has ever heard in mm -hmm. his entire life he goes completely crazy he yells out Super cubes multiple times throughout the page, and we are watching the edited version. You know that he said it many other times. We've seen a lot of clever names, a lot of interesting branding. This is certainly not even in like the top 10%, but Mark loves it. And in fact, he ends up going out. He doesn't give them an offer, but before he goes out, he goes, and I just want to let you know this is the best name I have ever heard on Shark Tank. And I was like, Look, the name, I don't have a problem with the name, but like the best name you've ever heard on this television show, which has been on for yeah. seasons and seasons. I mean, Squatty Potty, I would definitely say is a better name, right? Scrub Daddy. Scrub Daddy is yeah. a really good name. Yeah. Super Cubes, I mean, it's, it's corny, it's descriptive, it's the type of name you'd see on the label at Walmart and be like, oh, right, I get what that is. Which means it's a good name, right? But it's not true. like, oh, what an amazing name! It's effective, but it's that doesn't like set my world on fire, which it appeared to do for billionaire Mark Cuban. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who went out, of course, because it was not a fit for him, as he loves to say. If something is not up his alley, he's just not gonna bite. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, he doesn't stretch too much. Yeah. Okay, so these guys walked in here, Jake and Michelle looking for $400,000 for
for 5%. So as soon as you see that type of valuation, you know either they're gonna get ripped to shreds because it's a bullshit valuation, or they really have the sales to demonstrate it. And like I said earlier, you can kind of tell that this product is a winner. They get end up getting a couple offers, one from Kevin, one from Barbara, one from Lori. And I will say, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like sometimes Lori gets a glint in her eye when she sees something that she's excited about. And uh, I felt that she had that glint as they were pitching like, ooh, ooh, this is a, this is a hero, as she would say. And I think that you can tell that she's really into something when she's very quiet for the first half of the pitch, because very often she also knows that these people are in here for a deal with her. She is the queen of QVC. She's the one who is going to be able to take this demonstrable product to the next level. They want her, she knows it, she's waiting to go in for the kill. It's a very Lori product. It's a very Lori product. And so of course, Kevin comes in with dollar signs in his eyes. I don't know how this guy ever makes a deal with anyone because despite calling every other shark greedy, Kevin is the greediest. So this is a product that's pretty low priced, relatively speaking, right? And he wants a 40% royalty in perpetuity, but only 3%. And he like, like a used car salesman is in there like, why don't you like my offer? I only want 3%. And they're like, uh, because your royalty deal is terrible. He doesn't seem like he wants to help them. He seems like he wants yeah, to cash but, it. And then when he, he goes, okay, fine, I'll change it. It won't be in perpetuity. I'll give you $400,000 and the royalty will stop when I get a million dollars. Yeah. And meaning like, how is he incentivized in this deal to help them at all? Basically, he's just loaning them money and then glomming on to make more than twice that money and then also having equity in the company. I don't think that that's a reasonable offer at all. It's hard for me to imagine wanting to do a royalty deal at all, ever, unless yeah. you have the most insane margins. But I feel like it's unattractive for, especially in perpetuity, it seems like it would be so unattractive for an entrepreneur. Yeah, and I can't imagine wanting to do a deal with Kevin because I will say this also, right? In this, he says, I'm Chef Wonderful, which is one of the many personalities he throws out. And if you actually go on Instagram and watch some Chef Wonderful videos, they look like shit. It's almost like a parody on like, if you were like, how do, if you Googled, like how to be fancy. Yeah. It's literally like, I mean, kind of, I have a glass of wine right now, but I feel like it's literally like him in a chef's hat, like sw swirling around a glass of wine being like, La -di -da. Yeah, it's all close to his face. You can see his pores and all his sweat. It's like, it's terrible. Can we take a quick uh, sidetrack? Wait, was it with you when I saw him at a museum? No, I wasn't no. with you. Okay, I want to tell you a story. Yeah. I, one time, went to the Broad, which is a great museum in downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, some of us less cultured people call it the Broad. Spelled Broad, pronounced Broad. Mm -hmm. It's like a Houston, Houston thing. Yeah. Okay, I, so I went to the Broad. Who do I see? Kevin O'Leary. Oh Who's he with? Himself. <laughs> By himself at the road, just looking at art, looking at art, and like people coming up to him, so nice. The finer things. Critic yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So he walks the walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. I can't imagine that Mr. Wonderful just like got up one day and decided to go to an art museum and it's not some kind of publicity stunt. But I mean, you know. The proof is in the pudding. He was at the museum. Also, I wanted to mention, um, this episode has a guest shark, mm -hmm. uh, Kendra Scott. Yeah. Um, 
And I like her as a guest shark. I feel like she was like, oh, so these uh, soup trays, it reminds me of when I was selling my jewelry for the first time at Nordstrom. And I was like, wait, this is not related at all. Yeah, not at all. She really just wanted to shoehorn some backstory in. And then also she ends up telling a story about her kid and like how she has to defrost things for her kid. And it's like, yeah, no shit. That's what that's what these are for. Like, it's not like, you know, like nobody, this doesn't add anything to the conversation. Okay, so Barbara also makes an offer. Now, Kevin made two offers, one which was straight equity, one which was a royalty deal, perhaps. And then Barbara makes two offers, which are basically one is double the other. Yeah, right. 400 for 10 or 800 for 20. Yeah, which is a lot of equity in a company that's already doing $1.6 million it's in sales. a lot of shekel. A lot of shekel. In the Jewish tradition. Yeah, definitely a lot of rupaya, as we say, <laughs> in the Muslim tradition. But so Lori pulls a move that she does once a season. Ali, tell us what happens. So Lori decides to offer these entrepreneurs a golden ticket, which is essentially once a season when she sees a product that is all five stars across the board, she'll give them exactly what they asked for, which is 400000 for 5%, and she gives them the golden ticket for the hero product of the season. Yeah, and she says that the ticket is real gold about four times, but it's like the size of your fingernail. And then they, I feel like they shot this like pre-vaccine, so they couldn't even touch. Yeah. And so when they ultimately accept her deal, she's like, well, I will mail this to you, because <laughs> they can't come close to her. <laughs> I wonder if she actually ended up mailing that golden ticket. But yeah, so this was... A really clear-cut partnership. They need her. She wants them. She pulls out the golden ticket. I really think she should make the golden ticket, like, bigger. Because on camera, it just looks kind of silly. You have to, like, zoom in to be like, what does it say? Yeah. Does that say golden ticket? It's real gold, but it's, like, this tiny... It looks like a, like a Hershey chocolate. Looks like gelt. Yeah, it looks like gelt. <laughs> so she gives them some gelt, and they're won over immediately. They look at each other and nod like they knew that this is the deal that they wanted. It's a perfect Lori product. Perfect Lori product, and man, they got exactly what they were asking for. I bet you they walked in there with 5% of wiggle room, right? But they got 400000 for 5%. Good for you, Jake and Michelle. The only other thing I was going to add, um, this is also a classic Amazon product. They said that about 78% of their sales come from Amazon. But I will also say that they are also in all of the Sir La Tobbs and William Sonomas, which give them like some, some street cred. Yeah, and I think this is interesting because they're in two kind of higher-end, fancier... Bougie. Bougie kitchenware stores, right? And then she did mention that we got an offer to sell in a major department store, but it would change the price point. I bet you they were approached by like Walmart or something. And Walmart was like, we love your product. It's universal. It's for everyone, but we can't charge higher Williams-Sonoma prices at Walmart. No one's going to buy it. So I'm sure that that's what they struggled with and that's what they need mentorship for. But, uh, you know, uh, people don't consider prices on QVC. So I think they'll be okay. My dad watches a lot of QVC when he like can't sleep at night and there have been like three days this year where I like go to see my dad and the first thing he 
talks to me about is like a watch he'd seen on PVC. Like it's always watches mm -hmm. and he doesn't use the internet cause he's old, but he knows that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he'll be like, Allie, you gotta find me this Invicta watch. It's a blue with a yellow face and it's on sale for $49.99. Yeah, of course, because Al is in the Target market for these commercials. I mean, that is who QVC is for. If you're ever flipping through the channels and wondering who's buying this jewelry set, it's older people. I mean, we don't even have channels to flip through. We don't even have channels to flip through. Not here, in the desert we do though. That's true. Yeah. But we don't flip through QVC. We don't. Anyway, this will probably not make it in the episode. <laughs> okay, so that's about it for the pitch. We are going to take this into the field, the field being our kitchen five feet from here, mm -hmm. and we are going to see if this product is worthy of a golden ticket. Let's go. Okay. All right, so we are in the field or uh, the kitchen as we call it. Yeah, we're here in the trenches and the field and the soup station. In fact, I still have my cutting board uh, left out because I did, in fact, make soup tonight, guys. I made a chicken stew because if you didn't hear it before, it is soup season. That's right. It is soup season. And Allie, this soup was excellent, but we had our fill and it looks like there's still about a half a pot of soup here. So I wish there was some kind of device for us to store this in individual servings. There is, Abdullah, but let me tell you something. Yeah. I have super cubes, but they're in the freezer filled with the soup I made last week. So why don't we take last week's soup out of my super cube and put this week's soup into my super cube? I love it. And I like that we're talking like we're on an infomercial because it really feels like that's what we're doing. We're doing the exact bad acting we were just complaining about a few minutes ago. <laughs> Shout out the super cube demo guy. So Abdul's going into the freezer. He's finding the super cube. Is our fridge organized? I mean, no. our freezer, it's absolutely not organized at all. Okay, so here we are. Basically, this is a four compartment super cube. It looks like a big ice tray. Yeah, we have the one cup one. There's right. a couple different sizes, but we have the one with four one-cup uh, holes. Yeah, and, and, and actually, we'll just call them holes. I'm noticing that they have measurements in them for a half cup as well. I got to say that that is a really excellent feature because if you want to measure it out very specifically, but you don't want to do full cups, you've got it right here. And in here in two compartments we've got some carrot ginger soup right Allie? that's right because having soup on hand at home guys it's great try it out if you haven't that's right in case you haven't heard it's soup season <laughs> <laughs> we have a good time we do okay so let's pop this out okay so since you've used this before i'm gonna be the fresh yeah. eyes on this yeah, and pop it. it out okay so I'm literally just grabbing the edge of this. As they mentioned in the pitch, it's got aluminum in the edge so it doesn't flop around. One like, of the best features in my opinion. Yeah, because if you ever use an ice tray for something like this and you use like a silicon one from Ikea, it is kind of annoying that you have to like hold it level. It's flimsy. It's flimsy. And this is not. Okay, so here we go. I'm just going to put my palms on the sides of the thing and my fingers underneath and just pop it up. Oh my God, it just comes out so easy. It's a great product. Yeah, and you know what? I gotta say that this is one of those really oddly satisfying feelings, popping this thing out. 
Oh my god, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and it's like a really nicely shaped cube. Oh, it is a perfect rectangular prism of carrot ginger soup. It's a very well-designed product. The tray itself is quite nice, and the lid is nice. It's nice that it has a lid, because I feel like otherwise it would get freezer burn. Yeah, that's true. And you know, I've gotten silicon ice trays with plastic tops from Amazon, and they suck. So we're just going to take about half of what's in this bowl and put it into the cubes. Okay, so I've got this ladle here. All right, so now I should note that these are two very different kinds of soups that we're dealing with, right? The carrot ginger soup is much more watery, right? It's a puree. It's a puree, right. So it's just like liquid and, you know, a yeah. little bit of salt. The other one's a, a chunky stew. The other one is a chunky stew. It was really, really good. So Allie is the queen of chicken. She really can make chicken in the most amazing ways. Uh, you know, the thing you do in the oven with the crispy skin, that is incredible. But this soup definitely deserves to be in the Chicken Hall of Fame. Oh, that's very nice, honey. So just to describe what this soup looks like, we've got some chicken, some carrots, some celery, what looks like parsley. A lot of herbs, parsley, dill, tarragon, some orzo. Right. There was a Parmesan rind in there to flavor the broth. Ooh, a lot of good God. stuff. We're going to definitely want to keep this, which yeah. is what we're doing. And also a little trick that Ali used on this one that she told me about, you put a little bit of butter in, right? At the very end to make the broth a little like more viscous. Right. Okay, cool. So what we're going to do is put this new stew into these two compartments, one cup each. All right, here we go. Right. I'm using a ladle here. Yeah, Abdullah's doing it, I'm watching it. Okay, okay, so some of it went into each compartment there. That's okay, it's a chunky soup. All right, that one got a little more orzo. I'm gonna try to even it out on this one. Okay, so it looks like this compartment is full. I'm gonna put a little bit it more. It needs more liquid too. Yeah, okay, it's, yeah. Yeah, we could also top it. I think it's too full actually. I think you gotta. Is that too full? Yeah, I think it should be like flat. So, okay, we're learning it's a little more tricky with a with a chunky, a chunky. Soup. Yeah, we just wanna make sure the lid will go on. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is just fill liquid the rest of the way. All right, so I've got our soup in our two compartments and I'm just gonna, a couple pieces of orzo made their way out and onto the carrot ginger soup, so I'm just going to move those back and clean up the edges just a little. You know, I got to say that this sort of long rectangular shape is not the easiest to fill with a ladle. I probably would want a square. Okay, so I'm just going to pop the lid back on here. All right. Actually, that looks perfect. And now it's really nice to have like two different kinds of soup. Definitely the carrot ginger is a little bit more like voluminous. It's like heavier on that side than it is on the chicken orzo. But yeah, that looks perfect. It looks great. It almost feels like a Tupperware that just is, is really well designed as opposed to an ice cube tray. Uh, and I have to say it is very sturdy and that to me is like the best thing about it. Because if it's not perfectly flat in the freezer, I still feel like it'll be okay and not be leaking everywhere like an ice cube tray would be. Yeah, and I'm holding this from one end, right? I'm only holding one section and the thing is keeping its shape. All the soup is separate. When I press down the lid, I noticed that some of the soup is escaping from our newly filled compartments. Uh, none of it seems to be getting in the carrot ginger, but I do notice it kind of like floating around right up top underneath the lid as it sometimes does. And I do, I wonder if this is going to be better for a puree soup, that, like a blended soup, than a chunky soup. 
I'm, I mean, I'm very curious to see how this freezes tomorrow, and in fact, maybe we can report back. Yeah, I think that that's a good idea, uh, because they are very different consistencies. Uh, but I gotta say, it's nice to have the options here. Like, this is one compact tray here that's got four servings, right, of two different kinds of soup in it. Yeah. That's pretty incredible, because normally with something this size, you would just have a bunch of one soup, and you would be dealing with the issues that we're talking about. You know, which could be fixed by some kind of soup saw. You know, where you like saw one chunk of soup into smaller pieces. Not as good. <laughs> I also wanted to say, uh, as Abdullah puts this back into the freezer, that one thing that plagues us often in this household, especially after, you know, being inside and cooking so many meals over the last couple of years, has been the age old, do we have anything to eat? When we, we haven't really stocked the fridge that much and you try to scrounge together a weird meal. And I think um, this is actually, having soup in the freezer is a very handy way to get like a nice healthy meal without having to think about it too much. Yeah, I totally agree. I deal with this all the time where there's just like, oh, what's in the fridge? What's in the cabinets? And now we've got chicken stew and carrot ginger soup yes, ready we, to go. We both are guilty of waiting until we're very hungry and being like, there's nothing to eat here. Yeah. So this could solve that. Thank, yeah. Thanks, Super Cubes. Thanks, Super Cubes. Well, wait, there's more. Nope, actually there's not. We're done in here, uh, so now it's time to look at what other people said about this. Let's do it. All right, so now it's time to look at some online reviews of Super Cubes. Allie, what do you got? So, so far, I've done the mind-blowing work of simply Googling Supercubes. Mm -hmm. uh, come to find that they're now on Food52, which is another kind of bougie food website. Uh, or Come to find they're now on Food52, which is another bougie kitchen supply place that's only online, but it's um, kind of in the same world as a Williams-Sonoma. Uh, and they have truly, truly... Excellent Amazon reviews. Yeah, they really do. Okay, so I'm on their Amazon page and they have a perfect five stars from 5,685 ratings. That's an excellent score. That's pretty unheard of. Yeah, that means that almost no one gave it like less than four stars, right? And I am also a big fan of Fake Spot, so of course I'm analyzing the reviews on Fake Spot to see how legitimate they are. This is something I did not know about until I met Abdullah. I'm over here living in a naive la-la land thinking that if you see a review that's good, it's good. Then I meet this guy and he tells me reviews, they can be fake sometimes. Yeah, they can be completely meaningless. Uh, and in fact, if you're ever buying like random things like phone charging wires or USB converters, adapters, random electronics, things like that, right? And you'll notice like a name that's unpronounceable because it's some company that just threw a bunch of letters together for a brand name. And you run that link through FakeSpot, you'll see D and F grades and see that the actual FakeSpot adjusted ratings for those can be as low as one star when they're listed as five stars. Wow. Is this podcast a secret commercial for FakeSpot? Yeah, or FakeSpot is a uh, stealthy website to promote Talking Tank. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well. But I do really encourage Fakespot. So I got to say, 
I'm looking at the fake spot analysis of this link. It gets a B grade and the fake spot adjusted rating is still five stars. Wow, the proof is in the frozen pudding. Yeah, that's right, which is another thing that you could use your super cube for. In fact, so one thing I did a lot in the pandemic was I got really into baking, but then I gained a lot of weight, so I didn't bake as much. Or what I would do is I would make the cookie dough, like I would put them into cookies, but then freeze them bef uh, like individually. And I'm actually seeing that they sell a cookie tray by Super Cubes, <gasps> which is for individual cookie dough pieces. And I'm like, that is so much better than the little, like I tried to do it inside of one Tupperware with a little parchment paper and keep them separate. And so, fuck, I'm probably gonna buy this right now. Oh my God, if this means that you're gonna make more of those miso cookies, I'm down. Shout out New York Times cooking peanut butter miso cookies. Highly recommend. So, so good. I've seen these cookies be a hit at multiple potluck style events. There's a couple of knockoffs on here, which is shocking because as we heard in the pitch, they have a patent. Yeah, they had patents on the main product and pending patents on the rest of them. So it's surprising to see that someone was able to knock them off, namely a company called Bang P. To support my point earlier about companies with sort of ridiculous names. And so this one is markedly cheaper than the Super Cube. It's also orange instead of that Super Cube blue. And let's put this into fake spot and see how good the knockoff is. Oh my God, the knockoff has an A. Yeah, but m way less amount of reviews. Way less reviews. We're talking only 329 reviews. But it seems like somebody found a way around that patent because there is clearly a knockoff that at least some people think is pretty good. I also think that maybe just their patent lawyers coming for them. I will say they have great reviews on Williams-Sonoma and Food 52 as well. So I'm just, I'm looking here. Uh, this has made throwing a cube of broth here and there so easy for sauces. I use the bigger ones to keep stock for future use too. These super cubes never get a break in our house. Blah, 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 and more. And so people seem to really be a fan. And I have to say, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan as well. And I think that despite some knockoffs being around, these guys are not going to be effective. They were the first to this idea. They do have the name that sort of explains it all. I think that this is one of those products that will just be ubiquitous at some point. You know, Thermos came up with the Thermos, but at some point, the Thermos was just a ubiquitous product. Wait, I didn't... I didn't know that. But of course, now that you say that, I realize that there is a brand called Thermos. Yeah, that's right. There's a brand called Thermos. And then it became such a ubiquitous product that many other brands started making something that's technically like a temperature controlled flask, but we just call them thermoses. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I will also say that something that I came across in this search on Amazon are those silicon ice trays I was talking about that I got that were much crappier. And to add to my point about the crappy names of these weird Amazon companies, this one's called Doquas, D-O-Q-A-U-S. What the hell? Yeah, that doesn't even... Doquas. Yeah, it doesn't even follow like the rules of English. It's, it's got like Q-A-U-S. I'm, I'm trying to even find a stupid joke to make about it, but I can't. We can't because truly these names are ridiculous. You really want to see some ridiculous Amazon names? Allie showed me this. Look up leggings on Amazon, right Allie? Yeah. Here, so I'm gonna do it right now just so we can look at some of the silly names. Oh, here we go. High Clasmix. Allie, what's this one? 
a colorful koala. Oh, okay. It just looks like a jumble of letters. And then we've got... Oh, we have Tinzeet. Tinzeet. T-N-N-Z-E-E-T. Baleaf. B-A-L-E-A-F. Their Skechers spelled differently. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's a Skechers knockoff. There's Fengbei. There's Nexiepok. Oh, my God. Where do they get these names? Iwadus. 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 You would deuce. You would deuce in these leggings. <laughs> it's leggings with a diaper. Oh my God. So I think what we're finding is that super cubes are pretty much universally lauded. I think this is a fantastic product. In conclusion, I truly think this is an excellent product. I don't think that this is just a Shark Tank novelty product. I think this is something I will continue to use. Uh, thank you again, mom, for sending this to me after you saw it on Shark Tank. Um, yeah, it's definitely a fin way up for me. Yeah, definitely a fin way, way, way up for me as well. And by my count, that means two fins all the way up. Shout out Super Cubes. You guys have a great product. Definitely worth the deal. Definitely worth the golden ticket. I couldn't agree more. Awesome. Alrighty, so I think that's it for this episode. We will see you next time on Dog and Tank. Thanks for listening. Bow, 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 bow. Bow, 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 bow,